Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Okay, as we carry on today, we are considering what it is to be a disciple. And we've spent a month on our personal devotion. And I don't know about you, but that was, that was really encouraging for me, but it was also really challenging. Am I speaking for the only one here today? Or are we, it was like, wow, okay. Wasn't it great to hear from other people's lives about how, how they spend time with God and they pray and, you know, the things that other people find a challenge and the things perhaps you found, well, I don't find that a challenge. I find that quite easy, but it's also good to be stretched in our relationship with God and, you know, in our own personal prayer life. And I trust we've all been stretched in our prayer life in the last few weeks and perhaps stretched in our ability to read and really focus on and spend some time in God's Word. And I trust we've all been stretched or perhaps re-stirred or re-inspired to be those who worship God in spirit and in truth. Can I hear an amen this morning? We've spent a month speaking about all of this, but today we're going to move on to the, the uh, uh, second aspect of what we consider to be a disciple here in Citygate Church. So the first strength of a disciple, ingredient of a disciple is our personal devotion. But the second is this, it is connection. Everybody say connection. Connection, connection, connection. I looked in a thesaurus and it said relationship. It said interaction. It said attachment, association. Lots of words for connection. You know, connection is absolutely vital if we call ourselves a disciple. So we're going to spend the next few weeks you know, thinking about some aspects of connection in our lives. You know, our relationship to God, our connection to God. We've been covering that for a month, really. Uh, you know, how do we connect with God? We connect with God, with God's Word, with prayer, with, with our praise, with our intimate heart for God. But it's also equally important, and I say equally because we're going to find out some things in the Bible about how high God esteems this and he um, values our connection with one another. It's not just all about our connection with God, it's our connection with one another, which is absolutely vital as well. Our connection with the local church and our connection with the world. These are absolutely vital to the quality and the maturity of our Christian life. Let me ask a question. How many people want a worse marriage? Oh, I thought I might get some responses. I don't know. How many people want a better marriage? Okay. How many people want worse kids? Your daily prayer is, God, I want these kids to be terrible. No, of course, we want our kids to be wonderful. <laughs> we want our kids to be amazing. How many people want worse finances? Come on, there's got to be somebody here who just want to be poorer. Anybody? 
you just want to really struggle financially. Come on, God, make it harder on me. This cost of living, this is great. This crisis, brilliant. Bring it on. Is there anybody like that here today? Okay. Anybody want higher petrol prices? Okay. Anybody want stronger and better finances? How many people want better kids? A better marriage? Okay. You think, where are you going with this, Pastor Okay. I've got to get you on this one. How many people want to be sicker? More sick. Come on. Pain. Give me pain, Lord. Anybody? Come on. Bring it on. Okay. Anybody want to be stronger in their health? Okay. Perhaps I can get you on this one. I've got to get one. How many people want to be an emotional mess? Yeah, come on. There's, there's got to be somebody. There's got to be some people. Come on, God. I want to be completely confused all the time, distraught, upset, offended, hurt, cancelled. I want to be a mess, Lord. Is there anybody that wants to be strong in their emotions and their will and their soul area? Yeah, anybody want to be, want to be healthy in their... We, you know, we hear about well-being in the world. Emotional strength and health in our lives. You see, we all know what we want. Amen. Amen. We all know what we want. We know what we want. Fundamentally, we know what the desires of our heart are. And the good news today is we know where to get it. We know where to get it. It's not hidden away. It's not confused. It's not hidden behind some, you know what, you've got to learn all these secrets. No, we know where to get the stuff of the abundant life. In this series, we're going to have a look at connection in a number of areas. We're going to have a look at connection in church life family life, connection, husband and wife, parents, children. It's going to be really exciting to look at some of this stuff. We're going to have a look at our connection in our vocational life, our business. You see, I said earlier, you know, that our connection to church, each other, to God himself and to the world are all absolutely vital. You know, the Word of God has got a lot to say about all these connection points. Tells us how to connect with the world. Tells us how to connect as parents and as husband and wife. Tells us how to connect in the local church. And of course, we've been covering how to connect with Almighty God. When these areas of our lives are connected. There's a, a powerful, interdependent, loyal, unshakable, unsh- un, uh, agreed connection. When they're connected well, these areas of our lives are unshakable. They are victorious. They are healthy. But when these areas fall into a place of that they're not connected as strongly or as well as they should be, then these areas of connection become dysfunctional and unhealthy 
and things begin to break down. See, connection is vital. You know, if we were doing a husband and wife seminar, marriage seminar, we'd be talking all about communication. Communication is so vital. We've been dealing with communication with God, but our connection with one another, with the local church, with our family, with our our friendship groups. We're gonna be spending a Sunday on what it is to have friends. Because how many of you know that is so important in life? Every parent knows the importance and the value of the friendship groups that our children have. And I don't know about you, but I pray over the friendship groups of my kids. See, friendship groups are so vitally important. When they're connected well, then things can be healthy. See, connection is the key to strength and to maturity and to prosperity. And that's a scriptural statement. That lines up with what the Bible teaches. How we connect with God and how we connect with one another is the key to our strength, our maturity, and our prosperity. Today I wanna talk about being planted in the house of God. As I was thinking about this month when we're gonna be talking about connection and how vital this is and how we connect and what are the ingredients of connection and perhaps there are some areas we need to perhaps unhook from. The Bible says do not be unequally yoked. That's not just speaking about husband and wife, that's speaking about our connection with with all sorts of things around our lives. As I was thinking about how do we connect, I was really reminded of some Psalms in the Bible. And I'm going to begin with Psalm, um, uh, and, and 92. And we're just going to read a couple of verses. I had lots of scripture I wanted to read and go through today. But of course, it's a, a Sunday and we don't have the time. But I'm going to encourage you to do your own study on some of these things this morning. But Psalm, this is in verse 12 to 14. It says, the Righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Just let the Word of God really touch your heart today. They shall still bear fruit in old age and they shall be fresh and flourishing. That Psalm goes on to say some other things both before it and after it, but those were the, it was the passage of scripture that really struck me as I was thinking about this today. We're also gonna turn to Psalm one for just a little bit, but this speaks about being planted in the house of God and flourishing in the courts of our God and of course we know that we have a boldness and a confidence right into the throne room of our God but today I really want to speak about being planted in the local church 
Of course, that is not exclusively the understanding that we have today about the house of God and the courts of God because we are the house of God individually. We are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We understand that. And you know, we go in the Spirit into the throne room of God. We understand that. But can I encourage us today that there is such a vital understanding that, the, that I believe the church world needs to get hold of, perhaps in a fresh way, especially on the back of of COVID, especially on the back of, of perhaps there's been some unhooking of people's lives and some things that have come in, perhaps come into families to, you know, to cause there to be some friction, but but especially not here in Citygate Church. We, you know, we had the numbers here on a Sunday and involved in church now have grown since before COVID, which is a wonderful thing. But I'm very, very aware that in the church world today, there is a battle going on. There is a battle taking place in the realm of the church in the world today to disconnect people from the local church. And yet the Bible says we are to be planted in the house of God, planted. This isn't speaking about just attending a service. This is talking about being planted in the local church. It's what will mature our lives. It's what locates us and grounds us with God. It's what identifies our lives. It helps us to grow. The Bible is clear. It causes us to be fruitful. It refines us and it will cause us to prosper. All is dependent on us being planted in the local church. As I was thinking about what it is to be grounded, to be established, our connection with the local church. As I was thinking about this, and it talks about palm trees and cedar trees, a palm tree is, a, is an incredible tree, and today's not a study on horticulture, but the palm tree is an amazing tree. When the storms hit, they do not break. And I don't know about you, but there are storms around. There are storms around in the world today. There are political storms. There are, there's war in the world today. There's financial storms. There's relational storms. There's emotional storms. There's, there's storms of, of division on every level in our culture, there's a whole, a whole thing going on to polarize and separate society. A lot of people are getting broken. Whole lot of people are, are snapping under the pressure of the storms of life that are taking place. I don't want today to be in any way a heavy day. It's, it's a day that is actually gonna, I believe, inspire us and, 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 sh and hopefully give us uh, a stirring to see what happens when we're planted in the house of God. But, but as we lift up our eyes, as we look around this world, we see a lot of people snapping under the pressures of life. A lot of families falling apart, a lot of, a lot of people going under financially. 
But aren't you glad the Bible says this, when you're planted in the house of God, no matter what storms of life come against you, you will be like that palm tree that you may have to flex a little bit. You may get knocked over by the wind a little bit. You may feel the force of the storm, but you know what? There's an inner strength. There's something so powerful in your life that your roots go down. One version, one, one scripture says they spread out. We'll read it later. The rooms, the roots go down and they and they spread out out gives people a strength in life to be planted in the local church it also speaks there about the cedar tree I did a series some years ago from the book of Haggai and it says go up the mountains get wood and come back down and build the temple and they were speaking about the cedar tree and the cedar is the most incredible tree it is so strong it lasts for generations it doesn't rot I don't know about you but I've done a lot of housework and I've put floors down and ceilings and timbers and all sorts of stuff and sometimes you take up a floor and you find some rotten wood and you think, wow, I'm so glad I found that because that could have given way. When we did up the venue just down the road, we found dry rot all the way through the roof. And we had to splice timbers and cut things out and do. Why? Because rotten wood is a liability in a building. But the Bible says if you are planted in the house of God, if you're planted in the local church, you can be like a cedar tree. You can last for generations. You're not going to go wet and moldy. <laughs> That's good news. Even in your old age. Amen. <laughs> and you know what? Cedar trees have the most lovely, lovely smell. And... Um, I want to smell good to God. I want to smell good in the world. The Bible says our lives are to be like incense going up to the throne room of God. That's not just the prayers we pray, it's the lives we live. And I found out from the Word of God that for me to be a cedar means I've got to be planted in the local church. This this scripture talks about a life that flourishes, a life that is fruitful, a life that is fresh. One translation says, full of oil. Wow, you know, I've laid hands on thousands of people, literally thousands and thousands of people. We had one service, and that was up in London some years ago, and I anointed in one go three and a half thousand people with oil. It took about four hours. People want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, amen? We're a church that we're hungry for the Spirit of God. We're hungry for the presence of God. We're hungry for that oil of His Spirit and His presence to flow down upon our lives. But you know what? I found out a verse from the Bible that says when I'm planted in the local church, I'm gonna be full of oil, praise God. There's something about our connection with God and our connection with the local church which absolutely has a vital impact on every part of our lives. Who would not want to be planted in a local church? And yet so often it's the biggest challenge. Even over the last few days, I've been hearing people say, oh, you know what? Your faith is a very personal thing. And that's always said by people who want to make an excuse 
that they want to hide what they believe. There's nowhere in the Bible that says your faith is a very personal thing. It says it's a very public thing. It's a very public thing. It may be dependent on our personal relationship with the Father, of course, of course it does. But even though that is very personal, our life is to be very connected. And the connection that we are to have with the local church and with the world will make all the difference in our lives. As I was thinking about trees, palm trees and cedar trees, I was thinking about bonsai trees. A tree that is kept small on purpose. Have you ever seen a palm tree? It's like huge, they flourish. What a great example of a life. Have you ever seen a cedar tree? Perhaps you haven't seen one in, in 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 the bark, in the flesh, I don't know. But I don't know how else to say it, there. But perhaps you can go on Google and have a look at a cedar tree. These things are phenomenal. What a great example of a life. And yet I see so many bonsai Christians. So many bonsai Christians. And I don't know if you've ever seen how you do a bonsai and how you, I nearly, you know, I thought of doing that once. I thought these things are amazing. Have you ever seen a bonsai? They're just incredible trees. But you know what? You've got to work hard to keep it that small. You've got to take it out and snip the roots. There's a whole preach in that one. Keep snipping the roots. Keep snipping the roots. If you can deal with the roots, then you can deal with the size of the tree. And it has to be wired into place. You see, there's nothing in God that wants you to be all stiff and wired and got to grow this and got to grow that. God wants you to be like a palm, like a cedar that is wild and that is flourishing. The world will put wires on you. The world will snip the roots out from underneath you. The world will snip your fruit off and try to knock you down to size. But when you're planted in the house of God, when you're planted in the local church, too many Christians, oh, I can be a Christian on my own. Fine, we'll be a bonsai if you want to. But I want to be a cedar. I want to be a palm tree. I want to be something that doesn't snap. I want to be something that is a sweet smelling aroma to my heavenly Father. I want to be a person that will last for generations through my children and through the, the things that we leave uh, you know, after us. Don't want to be a bonsai tree. I don't want to be something that is controlled and kept small. I want to be something that is called and fulfills being everything that God has called me to be. I don't want to be an ivy. I love what ivy looks like on a building, but you know what? They are destroying the building. Have you ever tried to get ivy off of something? Off a fence? Off a tree? This thing doesn't really have its own roots. It saps the life out of the strong people around it. There are some real sappers around. <laughs> some real sappers. Do you know what I mean? They sort of get close and you give them five minutes, okay, give them 10 and they got something in you. <laughs> Pulling the life out of you. And you think, dear God, get your roots down in the local church. Get your roots down in your relationship with God. I just want to suck off of other people and and just pull the life out of 
other people. I don't want to be a bonsai. I don't want to be an ivy. I want to be a palm tree. I want to be a cedar. Psalm 1 says this, verses 1 to 3. This is my introduction. Everything else will make sense very quickly. Psalm 1, it says, empowered is the person. Blessed. How many blessed and highly favoured people have we got in the house today? Okay, just checking, just making sure I'm in the right place. So who's the blessed one according to Psalm 1? It's the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. Not connected to the spirit of the world. Hello? Now we're in the world, but thank God we're not of it. We're not connected to it. Our connection has got to be very, very clearly defined how we relate and how we connect in the world that is around us. It says, so make sure your connection with the wrong people is managed. You with me today? But then it says, but your delight, you are connected to the law of the Lord. And in his law, you talk about it, you speak about it day and night. He shall be like a tree. Here we go again. There's actually a number of scriptures like this through the Bible. He shall be like a tree who's planted by the rivers that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does will prosper. You see, if you do a study on this, the streams of God flow through the church. They're not out there just all over the place. Oh, I'm in my own little river. No, the river is the church of Jesus Christ. That's where the river is. If you talk about the five stones, and we heard um, a great sermon on that the other week from Ben. Absolutely brilliant. The five smooth stones. In fact, he said some stuff that was, that was absolutely transforming. Where did those five stones come out from? They came out from the river. Where does a rounded, smooth, victorious, authoritative life come out from the river that is within the local church? That's where it comes out. Our connection to the local church, our connection with the people around us is absolutely vital. It determines what tree we are. It determines our maturity in God. Next Sunday, we're gonna be talking about how we grow and our growth and our maturity as believers and as Christians is absolutely determined to our connection with the local church. You see, this Psalm is basically saying, which path are you gonna pick? Are you going to be connected to the scornful and to, those, and to the world or are you going to be connected to the stream of God in the local church? The thing you are connected to, what you plant yourself into in the local church is life-changing. The Bible talks about the church being the family of God. Well, that's where we grow up and we mature and we learn how to relate. You know, even, even our kids, what an, what an incredible opportunity and advantage in life our children have being surrounded by people like this. Never underestimate it. You know, if your kids are not here at youth on a Friday, don't miss the opportunity. You know, connection is vital. 
They're out at school all day, six hours a day. And we have them in the evening when they're young for just a couple of hours, three hours before they go to bed. Who do you think's having more influence? Hello? Connection is vital. Connect your kids into kids' church. Connect your youth into youth. Connect your young adults. Well, you make your own decisions, hopefully, by now. Connect your own lives, young adults, into the young adult group. And we've made it big enough to include everybody. (laughs) Connection is vital. It's the family of God that causes us to grow up and to mature. It's the army of God. When we're connected to the local church and the church is functioning as an army, it gives us a vision. It gives us a dream. It gives us a purpose. It gives us a direction. It gives us something to achieve in life. It gives us something to overcome and something to show the kingdom of God forcefully advancing. What is the church? The church is the body of Christ and that is the flow of the anointing and the power of Christ in the earth today. How is God going to heal people? Through His hands and His feet in the church of Jesus Christ. Planted in the local church. The church is the incredible bride of Christ. It's an environment that purifies our lives. The Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think that was the first verse I ever learned. I did like a new Christians group and, and that was just the one they did that night. And it was just like, wow. And I can remember that from 40 years ago. You see, being in the bride of Christ means that there will be a purity around your life. It'll purify your life. Too many Christians living in shame and guilt because they're connected to the wrong things. And I want to encourage you today to be planted in the local church. I know I'm sort of preaching to the choir because we're here, but it's more than a Sunday attendance. It's more than just watching online. This is a planting of our lives in something living and dynamic. And the Bible also says that the church is the temple. We are the temple of God together, a place of worship and surrender. Who would not want to be planted in the local church? See, connection to the body, connection to the army, connection to the family, to the bride, to the temple is our connection to Christ. I can remember I asked somebody to come into our academy once to preach on the local church. And he did an evening on the local church. And I sat there and I listened. And again, there were things that were said that night that just completely transformed my life. The church is Christ in the earth. And so often we see it as just as, you know, something to attend or something we go to or something that we enjoy. But our connection to the local church is our connection to Jesus Christ himself. That's a radical thing to say. But the Bible is very clear about that. You see, no wonder Satan does everything he can to dislodge people from church life. Oh, you know what? I haven't got time for connect groups. I haven't got time. Because all my other connections are more important than a connection that is life-giving. I haven't got time for connection 
with that which is life-giving because I'm too connected to other things. And of course, we all live a life and we're all very busy and we need to juggle our diaries and make decisions. But can I just say, he who is planted in the house of God, he who is planted in the local church is gonna be the palm tree and the cedar tree, not just the one who is planted in good intentions. Planted in the local church. If the devil can get someone ripped out from church life, it makes it so much easier for him to steal, kill, and to destroy their life and their family. So let's just think about this just a few minutes as we close. Being um, a planted will mature us. That's what I want to cover next week. It brings increased authority. The Bible says we're not tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine and teaching and experience and the circumstances and the lies of life. But we are fruitful. We bear a fruit which is Christ-likeness. Do you remember there's no seedless grapes in Citygate Church? We bear fruit. But today as we close, I just want us to think about this. Being planted in the local church will prosper our lives. You see, if we see this as a price to pay, then we've missed it completely. I asked earlier on, anybody want a worse marriage, worse kids, worse finances? Nobody put their hand up and said, I want worse. Everybody wants things to work for them. Everybody wants prosperity in their lives. And I know that's a controversial word, but it's a Bible word and we're going to use it in Citygate Church. See, prosperity is the inheritance that we have in God that has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. It means fruitfulness. It means flourishing. It means growing. It means health. It actually means so many things. It's the word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means to have a good um, life, a good experience. It means to have success on your journey. It means health in your body. It means peace in your mind. It means love in your marriage. It means everywhere the life and the prosperity and the love and the abundance of God at work in us and through us. Probably the greatest word that, you know, shalom can be explained as is wholeness. Wholeness in our lives. When we're planted in the local church, it brings wholeness into every other part of our lives. No wonder there is such a war against the church of Jesus Christ. Because it's the place of wholeness. It's so sad that so often church has been just, you know, reduced down to an attendance of a service. Oh, I go to church. No, we are the church. We are planted in this. And as a result, the abundant prosperity of God works through our lives. Prosperity, of course, we need to qualify that and we need to explain that. Prosperity is first 
prosperity of spirit. It is our relationship with God to have prosperity in our heart, nothing missing, nothing broken, an open relationship with God. The floods of life are pouring out. We're not a dry creek bank. The floods of the river of the Spirit of God is pouring out of our hearts. That's the abundance of joy. That's the strength of faith. That's the incredible power of compassion which casts out all fear. That is the peace which passes all understanding. It's the flood of the prosperity of the Spirit of God on the inside of a believer. Who wouldn't want to be planted in the local church? This stuff is not available outside of our connection with the local church. That's a strong thing to say. But being planted in the local church will cause prosperity of spirit. It will cause prosperity of soul. Wow, a healthy mind. Strongholds pulled down. Control over your thoughts. Thinking on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving. Things that are of a good report. The shalom of God in our emotions and our mind and our thinking. For us to think on things and have a clarity to our personality and to our lives. We were talking earlier about our personality. You know what? That's not just a skill. It's not just a book to read. It's a life to live. And it's found in our connection with the local church. Prosperity in our physical body. The abundant life of God is found where the Spirit of God flows. Does that mean to say that you can't receive healing or be well if you're not connected to a local church? No, absolutely not. But you know what? I don't want to get sick and get healed and get sick and get healed and get sick and get healed. There's a better life. There's a better life. And I am so committed to this at the moment. Every day we are praying for the sick. Every day we are believing God for miracles, signs and wonders. And you know what? I believe there's something stirring in the life of Citygate Church right now that says, come on, enough is enough of this sickness thing. Enough is enough. By His stripes, we were healed. There is a greater way to live in. And you know, for so long there's been, oh, come on, pray for me. I'm sick. Come on, let's get into the life and the flow of God and live above all of this stuff and live in the flow of the healing power of Almighty God like a palm tree and like a cedar tree which is strong and I'm not saying that we don't get attacked and things don't happen but there is a better life there's a better life than the up down up down up down up down there's a life of planted and it's a life of prosperity in our physical body. I hope you're getting something out of this today. It's turned out very different than I was imagining. <laughs> That's okay. Prosperity in our social life. The favour of God. we just done a whole series on, a, on blessed and highly favoured, which was actually a study in the life of Abraham. When you're planted in the local church, you can be spiritually prosperous. You can have prosperity of your soul and of your body. But you can have prosperity in all your other relationships. You see, when you prioritize the one that matters, 
everything else will fall into place. Everything else will fall into place. We are called to be a light in the darkness and a lamp on a lampstand. We are called to have to be out in the workplace, out in the world. We're going to do a whole Sunday on this, our relationships in our vocational life. But you know what? We've got to get the planted in the local church right first. And of course, the last thing as we close is our financial prosperity. And... Um, it's not something, I can't remember the last time I did a, a sermon on abundance and prosperity as a, as a message. It's actually been years. And I was thinking, wow, when was the last time? The last time I did a series on biblical prosperity was about 12 years ago. It's like, wow. But we know it's in the DNA of this place. We have an understanding of a godly understanding of the abundance of God in our lives. My prosperity in my personal life, and I'm talking financial now, is directly linked to being planted in the local church. The two things are indivisible, if that's the word. Deuteronomy 8:18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. The power to get wealth is dependent on our planting in the local church. Now, we do a whole stewardship course, financial uh, freedom in the church. We've done it a couple of times and it, and it gives us all of the, I'll say all, a whole lot of the understanding of how to be a good steward, how to manage your finances, how to have income and expenditure, how to be wise, how to not go and be impulsive, how to handle your bills, how, how to do all of that stuff. Very, very practical, practical course of handling your finances. As we do our part, hello? As we do our part, I can put my faith and trust that God is gonna do His part. You see, I can do my part, which is the stewardship and being a person who gives and who sows, but God is the God of the harvest, amen. But my harvest is dependent on my planting in the local church, me being planted in the local church. The creative power of God is God's part. 2 Chronicles 31, 21, and in every work that Hezekiah began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and so he prospered. Can I say wholehearted and being a, a planted or one and the same? What does it mean to be planted? It means being wholehearted. Not just a Sunday pot, but roots spread out into every part of the river. Our friendships and our relationships, I can't wait to the week on friendships. Pastor Sally is going to be speaking on that, but can I just say this? You cannot have a genuine friendship with fake people. You cannot. 
You cannot have a relationship that's alive with dead people. How we root and ground ourselves in the local church will draw life, will draw vision, will build our lives, grow our lives and prosper our lives. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, and this is talking financially, this is in two chapters of finance, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And you read the context, it's context of church life. Unquestionably. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and He adds no sorrow with it. Amen. Psalm 120, sorry, 112, praise the Lord for blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in the commandments of God. His descendants will be mighty on earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in His house and His righteousness endures forever. 13th chapter of Proverbs, verse 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And something I've been declaring of recent days in a very powerful way over Citygate, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Can I hear an amen today? As we close, Haggai chapter two, verses six to nine. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it's a little while, I'm gonna shake heaven and earth. See, sometimes the shakings of God. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the plan of the enemy. But sometimes the shaking is, is God. that I'm going to shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations. And we know from Hebrews chapter 12 that this is in our day. Same passage of Scripture for the day we're living in. I will shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. They will come to the desire of all nations, which is Jesus Christ, amen. And I will fill this temple with glory. I've got such great expectation for the church of Jesus Christ in the coming days and weeks and months and years. Great expectation for the revealing of the glory of God like we've never known before. And I will fill this temple with glory. Anybody hungry for the glory of God this morning? I will fill this temple with glory. Can can we all just say, me Lord? And in the middle of this shaking and in the middle of the establishing of the temple of God in the earth, which is the church of Jesus Christ now. In the middle of all of that, just just hear what God says. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. Can I hear an amen this morning? Says the Lord of hosts and in this place, When the shaking is going on, in this place, the temple that is established, built by cedar wood, that says, the generation's gone past, that says, not now, Lord. God says, come on, it is now. It is now. 
something to believe for and something to stretch for and something to lay hold of by faith. In the day of the shaking and the establishing of the temple of God in the earth again and of the greater glory than we've ever known before. In the season of the silver is mine and the gold is mine. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater. And in this place, I'm gonna give shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The peace of God, the wholeness of God in your marriage and in your children and in your finances and in your business. The shalom of God, the prosperity of God. In this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Let's, let's all uh, stand to our feet today. Who would not want to be planted in the house of God? What does it mean to be planted? Roots down. Life drawn from the life of the river. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord, shall we, this morning. Father God, as we're standing in Your presence, Lord, You are the head of the body. You are the father of the family. You are the groom of the bride. You are the voice at the head of the army. Lord, we bless you today and we thank you, God, for that which you've set up. You said, I will build my church in the earth. And Lord, we know that spreads across tradition and Lord, denominations and styles. Lord, it spreads across every boundary and includes all those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord. And Lord, today we lift up the body of Christ to You. And we bless the body of Christ. We bless the local church. And we thank You, God, that You have said You will build Your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Father, we're not in the defensive this morning. Lord, our desire is to be so planted that we're unbreakable. So planted that we last for generations. So planted that we have a healthy marriage. So planted that our kids grow up strong and in the love and the, and the calling of God. So planted that our business prospers. So planted that we prosper and have wealth in our houses. So, so planted, Lord God, that Your abundant life impacts our physical body and every other part of our lives. We thank You, God, that this is Your plan and Your purpose for our lives today. And Father, we thank You for it in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise today? Hallelujah. We're gonna close our service today, but I'm gonna encourage you to have a great week this week. Do everything you can to help make somebody else's life great. Spend time with people, love on people. As you get the opportunity, why don't you pray for someone? As you get the opportunity, why don't you encourage somebody with the Word of God, amen? And as we've been hearing over the last few weeks, come on, let's spend time in God's Word. Let's spend time in prayer and let's spend time in personal worship. God bless you. Have a great week and we'll see you next week.